Amazing. Okay, well, last week we launched a brand new series, Words to Live By, which, I don't know, it seemed relevant right now to, uh, to us, you know, because of the importance of our thought life. And it seems to have just kind of been coming out uh, over the past few weeks or month, even just about the importance of our thoughts and that kind of internal dialogue that we all have where actually we're speaking to ourselves on a daily basis, whether we even realise it or not. We're all talking to ourselves. We're all speaking words over our own lives. And, and actually, it's in our thought life where we can come under attack, where we can really easily come under attack. And so we need to keep on asking ourselves, are the words that we're speaking over our own life, are they building us up or are they tearing us down? Is that internal dialogue that we're having with ourselves, is it benefiting us or is it holding us back in one way or another? And, you know, we said that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. And so if that's true, then we need to be asking ourselves, are we happy with the direction that we're moving? Because if we're not happy with the direction that we're moving, then we need to be thinking about what we're thinking about and perhaps having a shift in our mindsets and our thought life. And so we talked about and we laid down the foundation of a strategy as to how we can kind of combat this, how we can work at this. And, and that actually where we have rebellious and, and critical and negative thoughts, actually we need to capture those thoughts and we need to bring them under the obedience of God's word. And we need to speak truth and we need to declare these words to live by over our thoughts so that we can move in the direction that God is calling us to. And so that's what this series is about. We're going to be looking over the next few weeks at a number of, of biblical truths, and they are it's by no means an exhaustive list. It is just a few that we are choosing to pick out and to share with you guys. And I mentioned that if you, if you jump on our website, hopechurchlitham.com, we've got a blog post up there, which is full of biblical truths organized under different headings so you can go on there if you want and look at you know perhaps find something that is relevant to where you're at right now and you'll just see a list of scriptures and declarations that you can be speaking over your life over your situation to hopefully break down some of those strongholds break down that that prison for our mind and so this morning we're going to look at what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and you know he gets this principle he understands what it is that that we're talking about so before we even dive into our main scripture this morning just look at what it says right at the beginning of chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 it says for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit so we need to be setting our minds on the things of the spirit, not on the things of the flesh. There is such an important message and principle here that actually we need to be mindful and we need to be aware of what it is that we're thinking about, of what it is that is going on in our mind and making sure that our thoughts are of the spirit and not of the flesh. Because those who set their mind on the spirit, it says, have life and peace. Do you want life and peace this morning? I do. 
So that is what we need to do. So we're going to read through uh, just the, towards the end of Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. Many of you will know this passage of scripture well. You may have heard it preached on before, but it's always good to have a reminder. And for those of you who it is brand new revelation, then I just pray that this speaks into your heart this morning. Why don't we just pray before we read the word of God? God, we just thank you that you are moving by your spirit in this place this morning. We have already sensed your presence in this place and God I pray that as we open up your word as we hear this message that Paul wrote that God you would speak to us that you would challenge us that you would inspire us and give us a word to live by that we can declare over our life to change mindsets to break down strongholds so that we can press on and move forward into your plan and your purpose for our lives in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. So it says in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? What things is he referring to? What, what is it that he's talking about? Well, if you just have a quick look back through this chapter, right at the, begin, at the beginning of this chapter, you can see that, that actually he actually gives a whole load of truth. And you can take any one of these as a word to live by. Um, but we're going to dig into a specific one later on. But Paul's sort of asking, what, what excuse do you have now at the end of this chapter, this portion of his letter, after what I've said to you at the beginning? He says, verse 1, you are not condemned. Verse 11, God's spirit lives in you and gives you life. Verse 16, you are a child of God. Verse 17, you are co-heirs with Christ. Verse 25, you have hope. You have hope in the here and now. So he said, look at all these things that I've talked to you about already. What excuse do you have not to be living this life? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, he goes on, verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And here it is, our verse for this morning. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How amazing is that scripture? It is so good. So our key verse this morning, this declaration, this word that we can live by, that we're focusing on, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look at the person next to you and say, you are more than a conqueror. And mean it. Say it with feeling. 
<laughs> you could maybe conquer something. <laughs> I'm looking at you and thinking, oh, I'm not so sure. But <laughs> you are more than a conqueror. I believe that is God's word for you over your life this morning. Did you know that word conquer? It means, it means to carry off the victory, to successfully overcome a problem or a weakness. And actually, it's the Greek word Nikeo, which actually is where we get Nike from. That's where Nike got their brand name from. Just a little fact for you, a little nugget. Any Nike fans in the house? I'd love a pair of Nike Air Max 90s. They are so expensive. Oh, that's my dream pair of shoes right there. So if anyone's feeling generous, the brighter the colours, the better. I'm just kidding. They're like 200 quid. It's bonkers. <laughs> anyway, verse 35, Paul asks this question. He says, who could ever separate us from the love of Christ? Can pain or pressures or problems or persecution? And then he goes on, no way. No way. None of it. None of it. We can conquer it all. We can defeat it all. We can have the victory over all of this stuff. But this verse doesn't just say we conquer. It says we are more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. The Passion Translation says, yet even in the midst of all these things, in all the pain, in all the struggles, in all the challenges, even in all of these things, we triumph over all of them. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. And so actually that, that word being more than is hyper. And so we become hyper Nikeo. And that word hyper, it means kind of to go beyond, to go over, to be more than. And so it's used kind of to make something uh, way above, beyond, excessive, this hyper idea. Any, any Star Wars fans in the house? Just one, two, okay, we've got some, three, there's a few of you, secret Star Wars fans as well that aren't willing to, I'm a sci-fi geek, Star Wars fans, in Star Wars they use hyperdrive, which takes the spaceship not just at their regular speed, but it takes them into hyperdrive, it means they can move faster than the speed of light, and that is what Paul is saying here, we are not just conquerors, but we are hyper-conquerors. We can go beyond the speed of light. We can go beyond the realms of possibility. Things that look like they shouldn't be possible, we can do because we are hyper-conquerors. Look at a... Ch Come on. <laughs> Look at a child who is hyperactive. They're not just an active child. They are way beyond anything you could ever imagine or <laughs> care to deal with. We are not just conquerors. We are hyper-conquerors. Conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And you know, we're not just talking about victory. We're talking about a glorious victory, an overwhelming victory. You know, it's the kind of victory if you're a sports fan, like a football team, one team beating the other 27-1. It's a ridiculous score. It's probably unheard of. I did a quick Google because I am not a sports fan. And apparently, I think it was, I don't know, back in the 90s, the highest scoring, the highest defeat was like 9-0. And I can't remember who it was. It was people like Tottenham, someone loaded, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know exactly what it is because I don't like football, but you get the picture. It's like absolutely wiping the floor with them. And that's what we're talking about here. And so actually, you kind of know that the opposition you've been playing, they've tried their best. They've had a good go at it. 
Because the enemy will have a go at us and he'll try and defeat us and he'll try and win the battle. And so we know that he's tried his best. And that actually he's, he's put up a bit of a fight. He's maybe scored a goal. But actually, it's almost laughable when you look at the end result. Because we have absolutely smashed him out of the water with God on our side. Because, you know, in reality, the enemy is no match for us. He's no match for us. And I could give you a football analogy if I knew anything about it, one team beating another, but I got no clue. But it's absolutely ridiculous. It's laughable. It's, he is no match for us. You know, many people see this, this battle of, of good versus evil as perhaps an, an equal battle. And it's almost like, you know, when you're watching a race and the, you're going to have to get the, the photo finished because you're not quite sure which way it's going to go. And sometimes we look at this battle that we face between good and evil as, as maybe almost a close battle. That maybe the darkness and the light are kind of, of pushing against each other. They're going back and forth and one's winning at one point and then the other's winning at another point and you can't quite see which way it's going to go, how it's going to end. And we're kind of rooting for the light team to win because that's what we want, but we're not quite sure who it is that's going to claim the victory. But that is such a terrible picture. It's such a terrible analogy. You know, when you, when you flip the light switch on in your house, does the light struggle to push out the darkness? When you're in your living room and you, and you turn on the lamp, are you having to give it a little bit of a pep talk before it can actually win and defeat the dark? Come on, you can do it. Shine as bright as you can. You just pull the switch and pff, light wins. It's like that. It's so easy. And so this word, hyper... Nikau, it means that Jesus has utterly removed darkness from our life, from this world. We didn't just barely make it. We don't need a photo finish to see who it is that has won this race, won this battle. He has smashed the power of the devil and darkness. He has won the victory and it wasn't a close one. It was laughable. He is no match, no match. And the enemy might try to defeat us and he might try his best and he might score a goal, but he is no match for Christ. In fact, he is no match for you when you are living in Christ. He's no match for you. You are a hyper conqueror. And not through anything that you've achieved. It's important to, to grasp hold of this. We are not more than conquerors because of what we have done, because of what we have achieved, because of what we have earned. But through the love of Christ, the one who died for you, who gave his life willingly for you, as we've remembered this morning sharing in communion together, it's his blood over your life that gives you the victory. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. It's his victory. As he rose from the grave, conquering death, it's him declaring over your life, you are more than a conqueror. And I don't know, maybe even as I'm preaching this word this morning, some of you are thinking, that's not me. That is not me, John. That might be for someone else in the room or maybe it's for you standing up there preaching these promises, but it is not for me. More than a conqueror, 
Are you kidding me? I'm nowhere near to that. I'm nowhere near to that. I'm just struggling to get by. I'm just struggling to take the next step to figure out how the heck I'm going to get out of whatever it is that we are in. But let me remind you that this promise is not based on you. This promise is not based on what you can do. This promise is not based on how strong you are when you go it alone. This is based on the work of Christ. This is based on the power of the cross. We are talking about us being more than conquerors with the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. Not on our own. Not trying our hardest. Not striving and doing our best without God, but with him. With him, we are more than conquerors. But how do we do this? How do we, how do we live like we are more than conquerors? Well, we need to take this declaration. We need to take this word from the scripture and declare it over our lives as a word for us to live by. And speak it over and over and over again. Like we said last week, keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. It might sound foolish at the beginning when you start to speak it over your life or over a situation. But keep on saying it. Keep on saying it until a shift happens in your mind. And actually, it's not just words anymore. But you believe it. But you believe it. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit lives in you and he will empower you and he will equip you to not just speak this out, but to live this out. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you have invited Jesus into your life, if you have declared him as your Lord and Savior, then this, his spirit lives within you and is working through you and will equip you not just to live this out here on Sunday in the comfort of worship surrounded by brothers and sisters in faith but when you wake up on a Monday when you go to work when you feed the kids when you're doing the shopping every moment of every day the Holy Spirit is with you and he is walking with you and he is working through you you are more than a conqueror you are more than a conqueror. And you can walk in that truth when you realize that you're not walking alone. We're not walking alone. We're walking in step with his spirit. And you know, not only do we have victory over sin and over death, and not only do we have victory over the world and all its problems, but we can glory in that. And I think that's part of what's caught up in this idea of being not just conquerors, but being more than conquerors, because it means that we can glory in the struggles and in the challenges and in those valley moments. And it, it kind of makes no sense, does it, when we say this, but it's right there in Scripture. And Paul even wrote it just a few chapters earlier in chapter 5. He said, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope. And Paul wasn't the only one to say this, was he? It was James who wrote, uh, he wrote, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I, that's a challenge for me. Is it a challenge for you? <laughs> to consider it joy 
when we're facing battles, when life is throwing all kinds of rubbish our way to celebrate that moment, to take glory in that moment, to see that actually God can use this for our good. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For when you know that your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. There's benefit to our pain. There's benefit to our struggles if we allow ourselves to see it. Because when hard times come, we've kind of got a decision to make, haven't we? We can either uh, face this struggle, face this challenge, and then just sink down into just a time of feeling just downcast and depressed and anxious and just stressed out by the weight of all of this stuff that we're carrying. Or we can recognize that actually this is an opportunity This is a moment where God can do something incredible in us and through us because of what it is that we're facing. And that's not an easy thing to put into practice, is it? Because actually when we're facing challenges, when we find ourselves way down in the valley, it's really hard to bring yourself back up, to recognize and to see that actually God could do something through this, that he can use those moments of struggle in our lives to grow us and to develop us and to ready us for what is coming next in our lives. But not only do we have the victory, not only are we conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. We are actually better off and stronger because of what we go through. If you want to live in victory... If you want to live like a conqueror, then it's time to start thinking about what you're thinking about. It's time to start thinking about what you're thinking about. You know, we need to flood our minds with these words to live by. And so I pray that actually through the course of this series, that as we unpack just a few of these declarations, these biblical truths, that that actually we can begin to flood our minds with these words to live by. And to shift our things and our thoughts onto things of the Spirit so that we can have life and we can have peace. You know, your mind is one of the most powerful tools that God has blessed you with in order to influence and to shift the way in which you live. So how are you using it? How are we using our minds what is it that we are thinking about? What, are, what is that internal dialogue like if we just pause and reflect and actually pay attention to what is going on in our minds? What is it? Is it life? Is it truth? Or is it death and lies? You know, increased and improved health and happiness and provision and favour and victory are just a thought away. Just a thought away. So we need to ask ourselves, what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? And so this is it's a biblical truth. And, you know, we set the foundation of this last week. And if you missed that message, I'll encourage you, go back and have a listen on Spotify or your podcast app, or you can get it on our website. Go and just listen to the foundation that we laid in place to then build on over 
the coming weeks because this principle, it, it kind of sounds too good to be true that actually just declaring words will shift our minds and, and change the way that we live. But it's right there in scripture. It says, we destroy every stronghold, every obstacle that keeps us from knowing God by capturing these rebellious and negative and toxic thoughts and teaching them to obey Christ. Bringing our thoughts under the word of God. Because where we're speaking lies into our own lives, over our own futures, we can replace those lies with words of truth from this book, this gift of God to us for living our life. And yet so many of us are kind of allowing our thoughts to happen without really paying attention to what's going on. You know, the enemy sends us all kinds of life-defeating, joy-stealing attacks that threaten to knock us off track. Because when we're seeking first the kingdom of God, we are walking towards his plan and his purpose for our life. But when the enemy comes at us and tries to throw something our way, he's aiming to knock us off track because he is fearful of people walking in God's plans. There is nothing that scares the enemy more than a believer walking in line with God's truth. Nothing. And so we need to be aware of that and we need to be mindful of that. And so he's encouraging us to stand firm in our faith when those attacks come. Reminding us that that not only in the end will we win, but Jesus enables us to win the battle right here, right now. We don't have to wait until Jesus comes again. We don't have to wait until we enter into his glory in order to see and to win the battle. We can have victory right here and right now because of Jesus. God's not worried. He's not worried. He sees what the enemy's doing. He sees those attacks. He sees... You know, what you're going through. He sees the negative and and toxic thought patterns of your life, but he's not worried and neither should we be because if we recognize that we are sons and daughters of God through faith in his son, then we have the promise. We have the promise of his love and of his protection over our lives. To be more than conquerors means that we face trials of life with the certainty that we are not alone. With an absolute certainty that we are not alone in this. That we have a mighty father who is fighting for us. Who is fighting with us. And it means that we approach these these darkest valleys with not with fear and intrepidation but with boldness. And with confidence, knowing that with God, we can have the victory. That with God, we can win the battle. And knowing and believing that actually God empowers us and equips us with the strength to face anything that will come our way. You know, the Bible says that there is nothing that can come against us. That he does not give us the power to work through. He doesn't necessarily click his fingers and zap us out of this situation straight to the future to where it's safe and rosy. 
But he promises that he'll walk through all of that with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never leave us to do this on our own. He is with us every step of the way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nothing. In distress, we have Jesus. In pain, we have Jesus. In every single situation, we have Jesus. Even in death, we have Jesus. And so Paul is telling us, guys, all this stuff that you are worried about, all of this stuff that is making you feel just hurt and pain and low and depressed and anxious, you don't need to worry about any of it. None of it can stop you. None of it can defeat you because you have Jesus. And maybe you're thinking, but John, you told us just a few weeks ago that it's okay to not be okay. That it's okay to feel pain and it's okay to acknowledge hurt and, and, and recognize when we're feeling downcast. And yes, that is absolutely 100% true. We should feel our pain. We should allow others into our situations to speak life and to speak truth. Don't hold on to it. Don't keep it to yourself. But here's the key thing. We can't let it defeat us. We can't stay in that place. It's okay to acknowledge I'm not okay, I'm struggling right now, but we can't stay there. We can't build our house there and set up camp. We've got to move forward. We've got to move through it because we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. You know, in a war, victory, this idea of Nikau, this, this word, it was used for the, for the winning nation. That is what they would use to describe the, the winning nation. And actually, they not only won the battle, they not only won the war, but they also got all of the treasure and all of the gold and they'd overthrown the king and they got all of this stuff because they had the victory, because they won the war. And yet today, when we think about winning in the context of, of our lives, because I don't think many of us, if any of us, have ever fought a, an actual war. When we think about winning, we just think about kind of going home and celebrating, you know, a bit of a success, something that felt good. That's what it feels like for us, but actually it's so much deeper than that. This word that Paul is writing about, it's so much more than that, because actually to win means to not die. It's not just, yay, I came first in a race, or yay, I got a pay rise, or yay, something great happened in my life, or whatever. It's actually the, the, the difference between life and death. This victory that we're talking about, this conquering that we are talking about, it's the difference between life and death. Because, you know, it meant that you got to, to live another day. It meant that you got to go home to your family. It meant that you got to live. And this enemy who was trying to kill you, trying to defeat you, trying to destroy everything that you had built up for yourself was now gone. Not just for a little while, not just put in prison to maybe get released and do it all over again, but defeated, gone, dead, forever. Forever. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. To win a war, it also meant to gain new ground. 
And this hit me this week while I was preparing it. And I absolutely love this thought that actually when we declare over our lives that we are more than conquerors. It is not just that we can have victory over sin and death. It is not just that we can have the victory over the world and all of the pain and struggles that come in that and through that. But actually it means that we can gain ground. Because God has got something new for you. God is doing something new. It's been spoken even recently over the past few weeks and months over this church that God has got something new for us. And I know it's also been spoken over individuals in the room that God has got something new for you. But you're not going to be able to walk in that. We are not going to be able to walk in that unless we are declaring this word to live by over our life that we are more than conquerors. Because that means that we can have new ground, we can gain ground, we can win ground with the power of Jesus, with his spirit working through us. Because there is new ground to be won. There is new ground to be won. God has gone before us and he is preparing this new ground and it is amazing. We could never even really imagine what it's going to look like. Like the promised land that was spoken to the Israelites and they knew this promise that was there that God was preparing something amazing for them. But they wouldn't really know the truth of what that looked like until they got there. And the same for us, that God is preparing some new ground for us. He's preparing it for us. He's getting it ready. And it, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It is so good. And all we need to do is walk in the promise of God. To declare and speak these words to live by over our life and say, I am more than a conqueror. And yet... Even knowing that God has gone before us, even hearing the promise that he has got something new in mind, in store for us, we are still allowing these toxic and negative thoughts to stop us from claiming that victory. Those thoughts that say, I'm not good enough. 